0: You're not the bad guys, we are.
1: welcome to the Blood and Master Mastery preview podcast, my name is Tom Savage, I hope you're having a good day. I always do a really awkward job of, of reading that bit, and it's not even a read, like I, I don't read it, I'm kind of reading it in my head, for some reason I always kind of end up sounding like I'm on top gear. Um, but yeah, happy Friday, it is RG Snayman Day, And it is very, very special. And this podcast, by the way, is brought to you by NTES, IT support. Uh, You can find out all about what they do on ntes.com. Just the wide range of services that these guys give from helping you get stuff set up, uh, bespoke IT solutions for your business. Outstanding. Check them out. They've been really good to TRK over the years. Um, ntes.com, if that's something that would suit you or your business. But yeah. It's Friday. It is Monster versus the Scarlets. It's round 15 of the URC. And by the way, talking about, as I did in the red eye, about RG Snayman, He's named in this team. There's no getting away from that. Um, it's not just about RG Snayman. Like, obviously, there's there's lots to look forward to and everybody hopes he does does well. I mean, Morton does well. I think people are just... just craving this guy to come back and stay fit and to just play, not just for himself, not just for you know Munster to come back and to have a top class player playing for them and winning games as a result. That's part of it. But the guy that I've seen working as hard as he has been and putting the work in and the struggle to get back fit after two very serious knee injuries on Access Monster over the, even though just over the last five or six months since Access Monster launched makes me want this guy to succeed. I want the best for this guy because he's tried so hard he has gone all over the world to try and get this knee back to where it needs to be It's he's got stuff in London he's been back in South Africa he's been over in Santa Cruz in the USA um, he has been working hard in the high performance centre in the dog days of winter over the preseason with dates kind of constantly being pushed back and back and not because there was setbacks he said this himself but because sometimes it just takes that amount of time for it to get right and that's the thing with this knee injury after the first ACL and look, there are guys like Peter Romani, for example had an ACL injury in after the 2015 World Cup and it took him the guts of nearly 18 months to get back to his best after that and since then he's, he's had injuries of course but nothing uh, to the same level for RG to have the, the same cruise ship be injured both times it doesn't mean that it's going to happen again automatically. Look, bad shit happens. We're Monster fans, we, un- we understand this. Um, that bad things can happen and you can have bad luck. I've had a lot of people saying, gee, should he be playing on, an, uh, on a 4G pitch? For me, look, RG got injured on two natural pitches. And like in the Aviva, one of the best surfaces in the game. So like it can happen anytime to any player. And gonna to have to play on a 4g at some point he's been training away on 4g over the last number of of months so like for for munster i think the key for rg not just for the not just for the person because look, munster they focus on the person how is this guy progressing how is he doing in life like is he in how's his head like how's his head doing like that's one of the key focus points for it now of course they want to get you know, a playing asset like him back on the field and being productive. Of course, to say that they don't would be foolish. But they were never, ever going to rush this guy. Because RG Snaman, even back to whatever his best is now, because ACL injuries, they always take something from you. Okay, they always do. RG Snaman, if he comes back to the, even close to what he was performing at, at the, the World Cup in, in 2019, and I would imagine that he will play a little bit heavier a little a bit bigger than what he did even then that's a guy who can win you a trophy Billy Holland has spoken uh, on I think it was on a, I think was it was Potholes and Penguins I think one of those anyway um, about how if RG Snayman had been fit for the last two years Munster would have won at least one trophy and I believe it he is the type of player a bit like Will Skelton that when he comes in he is a force multiplier on your pack on your team in general like you look at La Rochelle how desperate they were to get that Will Skelton back into their team uh, over the last well, last season certainly because he was out with a, a calf injury for a while came back in ahead of the Champions Cup and was the dominant player on the you know for the final that's the level that these players can take you to so like a lot of the questions that I've seen like why did why did, why did Munster look to try and sign RG Sleeman on a second two year contract look look he's on smaller money that's for certain but why pick him instead of Jason Jenkins you look at the start of the season when RG was a a good bit off I was there in the press conference where I think it was Graham Rowntree said that he won't be back for the foreseeable future that he's not going to be like that he's not going to be available for the first three or four games of the URC and like around the time like if you're in any way bit Connected or inbuilt into the the dark web of the of rugby rumors, you you would have heard all the way along. Okay, look, they're looking at RG for this game, and then for this game, and then for this game. Some of that was lies. Some of it was stuff that people had heard, but it ended up being a kind of a, a softer date than what people had expected. And I think that's something that in the early going of the season, anyway, when um the the business between. You know Jason Jenkins and RG Stamen was being kind of assessed it was seen that Munster made a, a massive mistake and I suppose that was the the risk that Munster took last season when this contract business is being done when it came to Jenkins and Sneiman. Munster had Jenkins in-house, okay? So he was in Munster and when players are in your club, they're way easier to contract, okay? For the most part. Like some guys just want away or whatever else and there's not much you can do about that. But for a guy like Jason Jenkins, he was in Munster, he was happy here. It would have been an easy enough job to re-contract him if we wanted. But looking at the situation, we couldn't get dispensation for both Jenkins and Sneiman and plus to be honest the money probably wasn't there for it either so we had to make a decision between the two and there was lots of going back and forth on this about well who do we want to contract and why Jenkins at the time had a far less serious injury he was he had a hamstring injury that ended up going on a little bit long or whatever else but RG's was a mystery it was he had to go for surgery and when it's ACL you're looking at at least nine months and the bigger the athlete and the longer the lever generally the tougher it is for, for those players to come back especially a, a guy of the size of RG stamen like athletes don't really come in his size for the most part with the sort of because you'd say basketball players but like the, the, like the type of physical competition and the sort of physical duress that um, RG stamen would be under compared to a guy like Nikola Jokic Anthony Davis Joel Embiid like these are guys who'd be kind of in a similar size profile to to RG Snayman, but what what they do physically would be nothing compared to what RG would have to go through during a, a game of rugby, for example. So, the 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 strength of the of the the knee, I suppose, it's not just as simple as oh, you just rehab it and come through. The bigger you are, and the, I suppose the heavier the, the the collisions you're expected to to undergo, that complicates things. So, like. For Munster that was a a decision that they kind of had to make Like recontract Jenkins and then obviously release him But you know release uh, Sneiman rather Or go with Sneiman and run the risk of, of Jenkins as he ended up doing going to Leinster So like that was something that Munster made it like a fairly deliberate decision That was a decision to contract one guy and not contract the other and to go through the heavy lifting of getting dispensation for it and then getting the money for it, which is a different thing again, you've got to convince those guys that he's worth reinvesting in again for the second time, even though they got nothing on their return the first time. So, like, that was the inbuilt inbuilt risk straight away. Munster and the specialist said that, look, he will be back for the first game of the URC season. That's what I heard when he was recontracted that, you know, he may not make the end of the season, but... They're going to give him that time. They're going to go through preseason and get him back for the first day of the ORC season and go from there. It ended up being far more complicated than that. And um, that's probably led to a lot of people just kind of going, geez, what do we have here? I know looking at the secret club that RG's name and every time that his date kept on being pushed or pushed or not, not even being pushed because like there's very little in the way of official... Updates from from Monster with regards to what he's doing, but you hear bits and pieces about, well, how's he doing? Well, he's X number of games away. He's you know maybe next month, maybe in, maybe in two months. Like that's tough for people to hear because they want the good news of RG's name and coming back in. Because remember when Monster announced this guy as signing along with Damien Delande back in twenty twenty, early twenty twenty, just absolute pandemonium. Like you look at the the, the excitement the joy that this guy was signing the 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 wonder about like what can this guy do for us can he turn us into a team who wins trophies now like this is the, like this is what you're 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 bringing in like a guy like RG Snayman, like I, I was trying to explain it to a to a Leinster subscriber the other day about what the excitement is about this guy is like you know imagine like Brad Thorne coming in to Leinster there and I think it was 2013 2014 around that time anyway but he arrives and then the minute he arrives, he gets injured and he misses the entire time he was supposed to be at Leinster. That feeling of what if, about what would have happened. And especially if you've kind of, if you had a kind of an alternate universe knowledge of Brad Thorne comes in and and kind of helps push Leinster towards, you know, other European cups, like that in itself would be incredibly tantalizing. Like Munster fans, I think most don't expect RG Stambert to come in. Well, now we're winning Europe. Get used to it. Um, I'm not sure many people think that. But it's the possibility that that could happen and that he could improve the chances of it happening is what makes it so tantalizing. And when he gets injured then, almost immediately against Leinster, misses the entirety of the first season. Bear in mind, this was also during the pandemic era as well, which made made it kind of extra depressing. Um, then the second season comes back, it gets a massive ovation off the bench against the Sharks or the Stormers, one of the two, scores a try, a huge reaction from the crowd and then the next week he gets injured against the Scarlets and he's out again because it's the same cruciate and just the, it kicked the heart out of the team really, to an extent, like they dig they, they on with it on with it, and, and they did their bit or whatever else but it was such a big blow because RG Snayman is such a a popular guy. He's such a charismatic player. He's a guy who has, like, he's had such an influence already, even though he's played, like, f- 54 minutes, something like that, over three years. Um, Like, the influence he's had on the likes of Thomas O'Hearn, on Edwin Adogbo, on all of those young players in the second row, and just, just the forwards in general, like... I suppose like it's hard to quantify and it, and, it, and it feels a little bit like copium to go well he's he's influenced a lot of people off the field you know <laughs> but like that's just that's kind of what he, what he had to do because like you're injured nobody wants to be injured it's nobody's fault he's injured so that to me is like the the big uh the, the, the big excitement for me is seeing RG name and go through the warm up uh the ovation when he comes on the field, and then just hoping he sees out the game. Because again, it's not that I I don't think he will, but it's just the, the, the worry. You know yourself the worry, the, the anxiety. It's just like I don't know this guy from Adam. I only know the fella that I've seen an Access Monster and the fella you'd see walking around Limerick every now and then. And you're thinking like the whole kind of small, big, far away thing starts to kind of you know crush on your brain a little bit. But like, I just want to see this guy do well. He's a young man. He's over here with his wife. And um, they've been here for two years. He, you know, came during the pandemic. Went through all of that over here with all of us just the same. Um, and wants to get back out playing. He's dedicating himself to it. I'm interested to see how he looks, what kind of size this guy's running at on field. He's looking big, bigger than what he was uh when he came back the first time, and like how his role looks now as a player. Like will he be a line out jumper? Will he be more of a lifter now? Like that's just we'll have to see how that plays out, but I think that just the excitement and the the hope that he gets to come back doesn't get injured and just plays and like just gets to enjoy himself like that out in the field again. That's kind of what I'm looking at. And then success or whatever else, whether it comes or whatever else, may, sure, may or may not. One, one guy in itself doesn't necessarily make a team, but like I know RG Stamen, even close to his best, makes us a better team. And that's why he was signed in the first place. And Monsters stuck by him. When they could have cut him loose at the end of the last... Knee injury. Nobody would have blamed them He monster. Snayman probably wouldn't have blamed Munster either. But we stuck with him, and that's the 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 you know hopefully get to to get the reward for that. Doesn't have to be, but I think the kind of the rugby universe, well, my rugby universe. I think I'd like to see that. Anyway, this game outside of the RG Snayman return is a mosh pit game. Um, Munster are currently 5th in the uh, United Rugby Championship on 42 points Uh, the Scarlets have been on a a decent run as as of late they're 14th they had a fairly rough start same as Munster Um, and they've kind of turned it around as of late they've won 4 games in a row in the URC all of those have happened in Wales which uh, Scarlets have a bad enough away record anyway you know they've only won 1 that was in Wales against Cardiff so like you would say that the, the omens are not good for them to be, you know, for how they will go in this game away from home. But at the same time, they have been playing well, and and that's something I think that, you know, when you're assessing this, it's not really a test window. Scarlet side, yeah, they're missing a few guys through injury, and they're missing like five guys to the Welsh national team, who have not been released for this game, but this is close enough to a full strength Scarlet, Scarlet side so for Munster like, that's the challenge here and Munster have gone fairly strong as well to be fair so um, for from Munster's perspective um, Glasgow's loss last week was really good for us uh, we will need to double down on that by winning with a bonus point here um, if we can do that we'll put ourselves right into contention for to actively finish fourth uh, maybe put pressure on Ulster down the line although their win against the Sharks kind of gave them a bit of breathing room there um, but looking at the, the the next two games, this Garlis game, the onus is on Munster to win. Obviously, we get a five-pointer. And looking at uh, the Glasgow game coming up uh, at the end of this month, that's the big focus as well. Because that gives Munster an opportunity then to directly overhaul Glasgow Warriors if we can keep pace with them score-wise in this round. They're currently two points ahead of us. If they get a bonus point win and we only get a regular, se- a regular win that makes our potential win over them slightly less valuable if we keep pace with them so that when we play them next and there's only a two point difference between us or if they only get a regular seat, a regular win in their game or lose their their game coming up this weekend who are they playing actually? Maybe I should have done this beforehand but I was just too excited to get sitting in front of a mic. Yeah they're playing Zebra at home so they're going to win that game with a bonus point right so we have to match that so that when we play them at the end of the month if we were to beat them and god you know maybe even get a bonus point that gives us a three point bit of wiggle room over over Glasgow, but it also, it keeps the Bulls off our back, it keeps the, the Sharks off our back as well, who are just one and two points behind us, uh, respectively. Now there's a bit of a gap then, to to 8th, where Connacht and Cardiff, and and, and Benetton and uh, Edinburgh actually, are all kind of scrapping away with each other there, for that spot, that nobody really wants, because at the moment, there isn't, um, like with Cardiff, I think they're the best, well they obviously are the best place, to, um, to qualify from the Welsh Shield, but, um, I think everybody would prefer that if they're going to get in, that they would get in at 8. So that nobody who finished in eighth gets a, a, a Champions Cup spot stolen off them. But look, that's just the way that the, the shield system has worked. So look, for Munster, that's that's our equation here is that we've been on a great run of form as of late ourselves. So keeping that going is obviously of a of, of, of massive importance. So yeah, looking at the uh, the Scarlet side... Like, you probably remember a lot of these names. Like, a lot of these guys played pretty big parts for uh, the Scarlets when they were really successful from around 2016, 2017 to 2018, 2019. They had a really great run around that time under under Pivak uh, when Tyke Byrne was there as well, um, played outstandingly well. Um, but guys here like you'll recognize the names like johnny mcnichol at fullback um you've tom rogers and steph evans um playing in the in the back three for them mcnichol and steph and steph evans were huge players for the scarlets over the last number of years in midfield they have joe roberts and uh Eon nicholas um a halfback they have sam costello and dane blacker in the front row kelmsley matthias sean evans sam wainwright uh, second row Vf Fafita Sam Luisi The guy who Threw the worst punch I've ever seen Like the kind of thing You throw in a nightmare You know Um, At JJ Hanrahan And like JJ was just Kind of looking at him like You know like Lex Luthor just punched Superman You know Um Embarrassing, but Sam Lewis is a good player, by the way. <laughs> like he's a good player who's capable of um, producing, He actually produced a really lovely offload to Steph Evans in their last game against Edinburgh. Um, in the back row, they have Josh McLeod, who's back, captaining the side. Dan Davis, who is a little fucking pocket rocket of a strike wing forward, and uh, Sione Calamafoni who's leaving Scarlets at the end of the season, but he has been outstanding for them this year, uh, as he has been last year, like. What Sione Calamaphoni brings will never go out of fashion in this game because he's just a big fucking guy who wins collisions for you, who will win stuff in the lineup for you, and wins collisions on both sides of the ball. What's not to like? Uh, On the bench, they have Taylor Davies, Steph Thomas, Javin Sebastian, Morgan Jones, Karen tui Pilato, a guy who they've uh, a lot of hope for. I know I said the same last year But he was very young last year He's building himself physically He's a very imposing young player uh, They have Gareth Davies Dan Jones And Johnny Williams um, So yeah look That's a pretty good Scarlet team And the majority of their good stuff That they've produced over the last Well certainly since the turn of the year In, in the URC Has been based on The majority of this team Playing together For most of those block of games that's kind of what we'd expect. Cohesion brings better performances and and they've had those good performances. Um, Their best one, by the way, I think was their last game against Edinburgh, which they won incredibly comfortably. And um, like I watched that game back this week and what was the final score there in that one? Uh, They won that one 42 points to 14. Um, Now Edinburgh have just been kind of a li- they've been plummeting a little bit like they started really well in in the in the the URC this season or at least I perceived them to do that um as they were going on I remember monster playing them in the damn health stadium above outside Murrayfield and I was just a little bit not surprised, but, like... Because I had that marked down as being a really fucking tough game for Munster, you know? And, and Munster played well, to be fair. But I was just a little bit surprised at just how disappointing uh, Edinburgh were. And then I went and I watched this game. Because, again, like, Edinburgh kind of passed out of my my frame of reference for a while. And I watched them in this game. And I know Edinburgh, they were missing a lot of guys to, to the Scottish... Uh, to calling up to Scotland. But, my God, they were poor. And, like, Scarlet's put them away, but, like... The majority of that early lead from the scarlets in this game came from really poor work from Edinburgh on Edinburgh's possession. So they gave, they coughed up an intercept, which look it happens. Faith Vavite ran, I won't say the length of the field, but a lot of the field uh, looked really athletic in doing so. Um, but it was the the line out from Edinburgh was just brutal, really, really brutal. And their trend, like their set piece defence, was shocking as well. Their inability to handle Steph Evans as a deep lying playmaker was. Ridiculous. He cut them to shreds. And if you go back and you, you remember um the Scarlets in 2016, 2017, Steph Evans was the guy who was like tearing teams apart um in in, in the in the Pro 14, the then Pro 14 back then, and he's still doing it now. And there was rumors that he'd fallen out with Wayne Pivak, uh, both at the Scarlets and, and and then obviously at Wales as well, which kind of would explain why he's not in the Welsh setup, but like From a skill set perspective, like Steph Evans is really, really good, and he's a guy who I think that Will Munster will have to watch cl- like clearly here, not just with regards to kicking loose to them, but with regards to how Scarlets use him on set piece, off the scrum off the off the line out. Like his work in the backfield, if you can read it, like, if you look at the Scarlets midfield here, like, they don't have massive hitters there in Joe Robertson, and uh, Johan Nicholas. Like, they don't have a whole lot of, of, of you know, there's nobody there you'd say, look, oh, well, he's a bit of a Damien Dillende build player or whatever else. They don't really have a hitter. Like, they have guys there who are very functional players. They're very athletic. They're very, like, they're, like, they're quick. They cover a lot of ground defensively. Like that will play a part in what in what they do, like like the 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 ground at their midfield cover. But like I wouldn't go looking at him and thinking, you know, one of these guys is gonna absolutely smash Malachi Fekatoa if Malachi Fekatoa is is ready for it. Like that's not something to me that I that I can see happening here. But it's about the deception. And the Scarlets, like you look at their I suppose you look at their ability to to create that passage of the ball to that second layer and their use of Steph Evans here, and even Johnny McNichol to a certain extent, is just constantly good. For Munster, the onus is is to read the position of Steph Evans. If he's behind the ball, he's an inside ball option. If he's outside the ball, they will want to 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 block you and hit him. It's it's not simple. But it's like they use just that. They use it very simply and interchangeably. And Steph Evans, with regards to his mobility, the way that he moves around the field, like his pace, his creativity, his handling, like he's—I I watched this game back and I was like, "Fuck!" This guy's playing incredibly well. Um, so that was something for me looking at it. That you know, Munster obviously have to watch that. Now I suppose it comes down to trusting your inside defence. Like the the worst thing about Edinburgh's game in this one was. Just how little movement they had from the inside, and how much guys were kind of playing individually in defence, where they were sitting down on runners and then not scrambling, and how many gaps they give up against the scarlet side. And scarlets are looking for those blocks as well. Like their midfield are very good at finding those blocks, um but like they they are really, I, th- I think one of the biggest things to note about about the scarlets is that they're they're good off the set piece, right? They're really accurate with their hands there. They're really good at the breakdown defensively. So that's going to be a big factor for Munster here if we're going to be playing on ball. They won ten turnovers against Edinburgh, um, but at the same time they've conceded more turnovers in the opposition twenty-two than anybody. Nobody in the in the URC has conceded more turnovers in the twenty-two uh, in the opposition twenty-two than the Scarlets. So for Munster defensively, like that's that's going to be a big uh, factor for us is our approach to the breakdown. Which we haven't overtly focused on this season as a, a maybe not in the ways that we've done previously when we were constantly winning like you know league high turnovers we don't really do that anymore but that's something to look at as well that you know with our on ball style like they will attack the breakdown like they will go after the breakdown Dan Davies Scott McLeod like they will go after that and for for Munster I think that's the the the, the key if we can retain the ball in those areas and not get too sucked in by the intricacies of their scrum set piece or their line-out set piece we can kind of stop a lot of what the Scarlets do before they really even get a chance to do it I think that's the the kind of the the, the big thing for me so um, looking at the monster team let's have a look at them uh, back three Patrick Campbell Calvin Nash Shane Daly really excited about this uh, Patrick Campbell at fullback in particular as a slashing playmaker back there, like a guy who a bit like a you know in basketball, you look at the that kind of you know slashing guard, that what Patrick Campbell reminds me of. He's the guy who you want taking the last pass and a break. So I just see with the way that Munster have been looping our back three, I can see Patrick Campbell running onto an offload or a short pass from Antoine frisch or Malachi Fekitoa. And busting right through the line. And if he busts through that line, he's scoring. Um, he is incredibly athletic, he's incredibly quick. The way that he is able to change direction while moving as well is just really, really good. I was watching him in the AIL over the last number of weeks. He is so impressive. He is so impressive physically, athletically, his pace, and he's doing this on you know, some of the pitches that he's playing on, not exactly like, you know, carpet surfaces like. Um, yeah, really excited to see how, how uh, Patrick Campbell goes. As for Calvin Nash and Shane Daly, they've been performing very, very well this season. And our number one guys in, in those positions, Calvin Nash in particular, like Shane Daly has, has got international caps. So not, not a massive surprise to see him there. But Calvin Nash is a guy who just seems to have really kicked on this season. And you could put it down to the Emerging Ireland Tour, but at the same time, like this is stuff that we've seen that I saw from him in pre-season. So like you look at Calvin Nash and I see a fella who's got electric pace good under the high ball he seems to have added a lot of completeness to his game over the last number of, of, of seasons as well you can see him looking very complete when he's played well this season and uh, yeah on a, on a great surface um, that's a guy who can cause damage himself and, and Patrick Campbell really excited to see how they play Munster are all about speed these days and we've got a lot of pace in this team Uh Fries and Feketeau in midfield Again, very exciting the way that those guys have been building over the last number of weeks. They've got a good rapport. They seem to understand the way the other player plays and that means that the interplay that they produce together has been really, really good. Uh, Look for the uh, Feketoa collision offload to Frisch loop line that they've been playing and that we did against the Ospreys now the Ospreys were a demoralised bunch coming into that game how the Scarlets will be after all the drama of the last number of weeks who knows but it didn't affect him against Edinburgh so who's to say whether it'll affect him here um, that's going to be uh, an interesting one to see how Frisch and Fekitoa get up uh, in this game uh, halfback Joey Carberry and Paddy Patterson Paddy Patterson is back fit uh, after his scan Uh, He's been playing very well, plays with a lot of pace, a lot of tempo. As for Joey Carberry, um, he just has to keep doing what he's been doing, which is looking to try to impose himself on, 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 on games to show, look, this is why I should continue to be involved at Ireland level. He was called up to the squad there ahead of the Italy game. But that's not good enough for a guy like Joey Carberry. He's got to show in this game that he is well above this level. And like bits and pieces of what I saw from him against the the Ospreys showed that for sure, Um, but I'd like to see a bit more. And I think that this is a big opportunity where there's a bit of pressure on on Joey Carberry to go out there and perform and to go out there and to, like I said, impose himself on this game. His goal kicking as of late has been a bit of a concern. That's something I'd like to see kind of rectified here, as I'm sure he would. Um, In the pack, Josh Witcherly, Dermot Barron, and Roman Salanoa with Jean Klein and Philean Witcherly starting in a second row. This for me is quite a big game for Josh Witcherly. This season, I've been watching him, and like I'm, I'm look, I'm always looking for progression from from younger players. Like you, you have patience with younger players, but you you, you look to see them progress at the same time. This to me feels like a big game for for Josh Witcherly. We need to see him pushing on physically, okay? Like the scrummaging, he's had a few problems this season where he's come up against very very big tight heads and he struggled with him. But he's adapted, okay. Like his scrummaging is, is is quite good. I'd like to see a bit more physicality from Josh around the field now, and this would be a game for me where he's kind of set up to show that he's got a bit of pressure on him. Like Dave Kilcoyne is is playing very well for Ireland. Jeremy Lachman has been in that in that conversation as well. We're coming to the end game of the season now, where you know there's there's going to be places up for grabs. This to me is an opportunity for Josh Richley to put a marker down to basically go like, hey, look. This is like you know I'm a guy who needs to be in that either 1 or 17 jersey. You do that here with a really physical bruising display. We know he's good at the at the, the screen passing. I want to see him imposing himself physically because this season that's been something I've I've I missed as we've gone on where we're not really seeing him push on physically and I suppose to play with a bit of spite and a bit of aggression that we've seen from from uh, Dave Kilcoyne. We've even seen from Jeremy Lockman. Like to see a little bit more from Josh. And this game is the first one to start for me. Uh, Dermot Barron thinks this is his 50th cap for Munster. Has been playing really well this season, but I'd like to see him sharpen up his lineout for this one as well. Uh, Roman Salanoa back from Ireland camp. Um, just a guy who really excites me. And on the bench for him actually Keenan Knox. Uh, Keenan Knox is a guy who has been out injured. He's back fit here. I want to see him imposing himself on this game, on his opposite number in the scrum, but physically, putting guys back, dominating collisions. This is what we want to see from this guy now. Roman Salanoa has stepped on this season. Now it's time for Keenan Knox to come in as well. There's an element of pressure there too for me. Uh, Mark Donnelly is well on the bench at loosehead. He was playing tighthead last week for um for Gary Owen. He's certainly strong enough. He's a strong guy. Like he's in. He's uh, he's a fellow who I think I'm I'm, I'm quite excited by. But, you know, he's had a few appearances now off the bench. Hope he gets a few minutes here. And just start putting himself about as well. This is what you want from these young players in these situations to go out there. Especially for young forwards and front rows. Put yourself about physically. Uh, RG Snaiman on the bench <laughs> for the second row. Um, like I said, I'm really excited to see how he will... Pre- like, what kind of player he is. Like, how does he approach? Like, where, do we, where, do, where does he play? How do we use him? Like... How many minutes will he get? Will he get 5 or 10 minutes at the end? Will he get 20 minutes at the end? Who knows? This is the big thing. So we're going to keep an eye out for that actually to see how how he performs. That's going to be interesting. Uh, We have a 6-2 split as well. So we have Alex Kendallin and Jack O'Sullivan on the bench with Ethan Coughlin and uh, Jack Crowley. Um, So yeah, look, that's a really exciting looking bench back row. Jack who captains aside. John Hodnett, Gavin Coombs. Um, That back row build there with O'Donoghue and Hodden that will be really important with the way that the Scarlet's attack so, like their ability to spring off any Maul feints or off the side of the scrum will be really important, especially as inside defenders. But then, as Jackal threats in the aftermath, because if we can, if, if the Scarlets go to Steph Evans on the screen or Tom Rogers on the screen, if we can get hands on him, there are breakdown opportunities that are there for the likes of Hodnet, for the likes of Jack O'Donnell, and for the likes of Kendallin and O'Sullivan later in the game. So that's going to be a big, uh, a big factor for me in how this game goes. Like for Munster, like our game has been looking really well over the last couple of weeks, Play with the same sort of ambition and tempo that we did against uh, that we did against um, uh, the Ospreys. Uh, I think the Scarlets are better, but we have a game I think that they can't live with, and if we can start getting our Our structure is running and we're accurate at the breakdown. They're going to put pressure on there. We should win this game. And if we can get a good start, there's lots of tries out there for us against this team. So that's something for me to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm going to be looking forward to this because look, man, RG's coming back. So fingers crossed for him and I hope it goes well. And if you're going to the stadium, just make a lot of noise for this guy when you hear his name being called out at the start. And when he comes off that bench, because I think he deserves it um yeah so i'll be back with Tier K radio after this game uh, tonight and uh yeah enjoy and i hope it's a monster win and we hope rg comes through the other side uh looking as good as we know he can look so thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a tierk subscriber i will talk to you again very very soon